0: If you want to open your Bibles, um, we're just going to turn to the book of Proverbs, if we can. All right, Proverbs uh, chapter 15, sorry. And we're just going to pick it up in in verse 1. It says, A a soft answer turneth away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. The tongue of the wise uses knowledge uh, knowledge aright, but the mouth of fools poureth out foolishness. The eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. And then it just says, A wholesome or a healing tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness therein is a breach in the spirit. Or in the margin, it says it, it breaks the spirit. So I just wanted to talk a little bit about uh, the way that we can use our words and our, our tongue and our mouth. Um, and of course, we know that with our mouth, uh, it talks about it in, in I think in James, where it talks about how we can, we can bless or we can curse. Um, and we can reveal ourselves to be wise through the things we say. Or we can bring destruction through foolish words or through, uh, through um, cutting words or through uh, negative comments. And so I, I just started thinking about, well, how should we, we speak as a Christian? Uh, and I've got a few points that I'm, I'm going to make. But we'll just go to the book of Isaiah chapter 6. And the first point is that uh, we've been cleansed. And we've been sealed and that we've been commissioned to speak for the Lord. And, um, of course, what we're going to read is is in the Old Testament, but it's an example of what's happened to us. um, Because this is what happened to Isaiah when he was was cleansed, he was sealed, and he was commissioned to speak for the Lord as a prophet. Uh, And we had a similar experience. Uh, So in Isaiah 6, and just we'll pick it up in verse 1, and it says, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims. Each one had six wings. With twain he covered his face. With twain he covered his feet, and with twain he did fly. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door uh, moved at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. Then said I, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people with unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. And, uh, of course, we all got to this point where we realised that we were unclean uh, when we repented, and uh, there was a need to be be baptised. And then we'll just keep reading here. It says, Then flew one of uh, the seraphims unto me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongs from off the altar, and he laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this has touched thy lips, and thine iniquity is taken away, and thy sin purged. Um, that's all I want to read. One more verse. And it says, And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for me? Then said, I here Am I, send me. So, yeah, we, we were, this is very similar to what happened to us when we received the Holy Spirit. We were cleansed. Uh, we were sealed with, uh, with the Lord's uh, seal. And then we were given a job to do, which was to speak, and, uh, and it's a very similar job to do as to what Jesus was given, which was to, uh, to, to preach the gospel. Uh, and we were given that job as well. Um, but we weren't just given it with, with no, um, I guess, no training or no tools to, to do it. We were given the Holy Spirit, which teaches us and uh, gives us the authority to speak for the Lord. Um, we'll turn to First Thessalonians. Just picked up a couple of verses that I really liked here. 1 Thessalonians in chapter 2. And it just says in in verse 3, For our exhortation was not of deceit, nor of uncleanness, nor in guile, But as we were allowed of God to be put in trust with the gospel, even so we speak, not as pleasing men, but God which trieth our hearts. So uh, the same kind of thing for us. We were, where it says allowed of God in the margin, it says approved of God. Uh, to be put in trust with the gospel. And um, we were having some, some fellowship yesterday and talking about some of the people that go around knocking on doors in, in other groups and they, they don't actually have a gospel. They don't have good news for people. Um, they, they might tell people that there's no healing available, that the, the gifts of the, the Spirit died off away with the apostles. Um, and yet we have this, this wonderful gospel to, to spread around. And it was not given through uh, deceit or uncleanness or guile. Uh, but it was, it was given to us by God. So it's a, it's a really uh, serious calling that we've been given, not something that we need to, to take lightly, uh, but we need to keep in mind that uh, the way that we use our mouth, the way that we use our words, uh, has a big impact on the people that hear it. Um, we'll go to Acts chapter 4 now. And the next point is that uh, it's not necessarily about speaking well. And that's from the point of view of speaking, uh, I guess, being a, a, uh, a very social person or being someone who's, who's good at speaking or uh, good at public speaking. It's not necessarily about that. So Acts 4, and just in verse 1, it says, And as they spake to the people, this is obviously straight after or seen after the uh, outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Uh, the, the priests and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them, being grieved that they taught the people and preached through Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they lay hands on them and put them in the hold until the next day, uh, for it was now tide. howbeit many of them which heard the word believed, and the number of men was about 5,000. And it came to pass on the morrow that the rulers and elders and scribes and Annas the high priest and Caiaphas and John and Alexander and as many as were of the kindred of the high priest were gathered together at Jerusalem. And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, by what power or by what name have you done this? Um, And just for time, I'll skip down to verse 13. Um, Peter defends what what he's done through the Holy Ghost. And in verse 13, it says, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marvelled and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. And beholding the man which was healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. So, uh through the Holy Ghost, Peter and John were able to speak with an authority and a power that was beyond their own natural ability, and the people were able to tell that they had been with Jesus, and it's uh, the same with us. We, the people should be able to tell that Jesus is with us through the way that we speak, and they may not say it to our face, they may not even be able to recognise it um, in as many words, but they recognise that there's a difference about us and that there's a power and an authority that we speak with. Um, And it wasn't about uh, Peter and John's ability. It wasn't about their education or about their personality. Uh, It was about what God had given to them. And it's the same with us. You might think that you're not a a person who speaks well. You might think that you don't have a personality that is able to go and and speak to people about the the Lord. But uh, that's actually irrelevant because God uses whatever we have and he supplements the rest. I think we heard that in the testimony um, a couple of days ago. Uh, we'll go back to Exodus chapter 4, a similar point along these lines of someone who said that they couldn't speak well. So Exodus 4 and verse 10. I always get a bit of a, a giggle about this when, um, when Moses says that he, he doesn't speak well and he starts using these massive words that you've never read in the Bible before and he, he comes out with all this new vocabulary that you didn't know he had. But it says, And Moses said unto the Lord, O my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither heretofore, nor since thou hast spoken unto thy servant, but I am slow of speech and of a slow tongue. And the Lord said unto him, Who has made man's mouth? Who maketh the dumb or deaf or the seeing or the blind? Have not I the Lord now therefore go and I will be with thy mouth and teach thee what thou shalt say and uh, this uh, this point was made in Elizabeth uh, not long ago, but uh, what a what an argument that the Lord gave what a it just takes away everything that Moses had said the Lord's made the mouth, he knows how we speak, he knows our weaknesses and our infirmities, and yet he says, well, I can work with what you 've got um, We'll keep reading in verse 13, and this is Moses. He said, O my Lord, send, I pray thee, by the hand of him who thou wilt send. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses and said, Is not Aaron the Levite thy brother? I know that he can speak well. And also, behold, he cometh forth to meet thee. And when he seeth thee, he will be glad in his heart. And thou shalt speak unto him and put words in his mouth. And I will be with thy mouth and with his mouth and will teach you what you shall do. And he shall be thy spokesman unto the people, and he shall be even sorry he shall be even he shall be to thee instead of a mouth, and thou shalt be to him instead of God so uh, I just got thinking about how god's plan was was for Moses to do it and uh, and sometimes God calls us to do something, and uh, we, we hesitate, and god 's still going to make it happen he's going to his will is going going to be done, and yet Perhaps uh, his original plan was the best one. Perhaps if it was just Moses and, and Aaron was there as a support, it would have been better. I got thinking about the golden calf, and perhaps Aaron was was a especially early on was a, was obviously a good speaker, and perhaps he could give a good give a good talk and get people inspired. But uh, he, he didn't quite have the full picture at that stage, and made made the golden calf for the people, and and it was a bit of a stumbling block for them, and. Uh, perhaps God's original plan was the best and we need to keep that in mind that uh, if we hold back the, God's will will still be done but perhaps it will miss out on the blessing or it, someone else will miss out. Um, what have we got here? Sometimes I think we, uh, we think about our oversight and, and people that give talks and we we kind of judge them according to the way they speak in, in a natural setting. And I don't think that's something that we, we really should do. And um, sometimes you hear someone say, oh, that, that person gives a, give the, a good good pastor or a good, good house leader or something because they give a really good talk. And I always... Always cringe a little bit when I hear that, um, because it's we shouldn't be judging people according to the ability of, of their own natural, um, yeah, their own natural understanding. We should always be listening for the word of God in whatever people say, and even if it's someone who's not a confident speaker, uh, someone who perhaps is is not social or is uh, yeah, not someone who who is readily someone who would get up and speak in front of a lot of people. We really need to be listening to what the Word of God is saying to us instead of the person. Um, and uh, sometimes you, you even hear it in, in oversight themselves will we'll be quite humble in, the, in their ability as a speaker, but it's, it's actually not about our ability. It's about what God uh, is saying to the people through us. Um, we might go to John chapter 7. So it's not necessarily about speaking well. It's about speaking the Word of God. And less of us and more of more of Jesus. Um, and the way that I, uh, the oversight that, well, of course we we admire all our oversight, but the oversight that I that I the, the qualities that I really admire in in our oversight is the way that they are shepherds to the flock and examples. And I'd actually rather have someone who was not a confident speaker and yet had uh, a care for his flock. Then someone who is the greatest speaker, and then you you know that they're not visiting people. You know they're not looking after their flock. Um, the next point I wanted to make is that God's word is powerful, and uh, and we need to remember that. when we speak the word of God, and I've just got a few quotes of God and Jesus, and I'm not even going to give the context of where they're uh, where where they're from. But I think just from the the words of this, these quotes, you'll probably recognise the setting, and the context, just because the, these sayings were so um, so uh, impactful to the people. The first one, of course, let there be light. The, the power that was in that, those words. Another one, it was Jesus, peace be still. Uh, another one, be thou clean. Uh, another one, just follow me. And then Lazarus, come forth. And the last one, thy sins are forgiven. And those words were, were all... They're all very short little sayings that were said by Jesus and God, and yet the the impact that they had through the power that was spoken behind them is is something that's incredible. And we can remember that. Sometimes it's not about the amount that we say. Uh, sometimes it's about the small little things that we say that have in, a great impact on people. And uh, I think there's a, a proverb about the, the fool that keeps his peace and is counted wise. Uh, of course, we're, we're able to be wise through the things that we say. And But sometimes it's not about... Uh, the amount that we say it's the the impact that it says because the Lord is behind what we say uh, so John chapter 7 I think I said that and verse 37 so along the same lines of, uh, of God's word being powerful uh, and it just says in the last day that great day of the feast Jesus stood and cried saying if any man thirst let him come to me and drink He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should should receive, but the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. We skip down to verse 45, and it says, Then came the officers to the chief priests and the Pharisees, and they said unto them, Why have you not brought him? The officers answered, saying, "Uh, Never man spake like this man. And then answered them, The Pharisees, Are you also deceived? So, um, just the way Jesus spoke and it wasn't necessarily things that people even understood at the time you, you read about the, the things that Jesus would say about uh, let him let him drink and out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water I don't think many people or anyone would have really understood what Jesus was was saying and yet the people uh, were uh, confounded by his the power that, that he spoke within the authority and sometimes it's the same with us. We, we speak and we speak about things that people don't necessarily understand when we speak about the Holy Ghost. And, of course, we want to make it as easy to digest as possible and that, that they can understand it. But it doesn't always matter uh, because the people hear the power that we speak within the authority, and that's what they're drawn to. Um, I got thinking about, well, why did Jesus remain silent when he was being questioned uh, before his crucifixion? And, uh, of course, we know that there's prophecy about that. But uh, I just got thinking about perhaps Jesus didn't speak before when he was being tried because he knew that he'd be able to talk his way out of it. Um, Jesus was the greatest speaker that ever lived because he spoke with the word of God. He spoke with the authority of God. And he remained silent because he knew he had to go through uh, his death and resurrection. Um, We'll go back to Acts and chapter 3. This is picking it up. Actually, I've run out of time. Maybe we'll go to First to Peter and chapter 4. I was going to go to Acts 3 where um, Peter and John healed the lame man and then uh, we read about when they were questioned. And, uh, of course, we've read about Jesus' authority and his words, but we speak in the name of Jesus and with that comes great power. Um, but we need to remember that it's not of us. As we heard about when, when Pastor Godfrey Uh, visits villages and people expect great miracles to happen. It's not of us as men and women, but it's from God. So 1 Peter chapter 4, and in verse 10, just to, to sum up, it just says, As every man has received the gift, even so minister one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God, if any man minister, let him do it as of the ability which God giveth, that God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be praise and dominion for forever and ever. Amen. And uh, that's just the point of how that God is glorified through the way that we speak. So we need to make sure it's not of us that we're speaking, but it's of the Lord. All the people said, Amen.